Back at it again, another 7.30 interview. Make sure you hit us up on iTunes and Stitcher under We Going In Presents. Right now, we're going to go to Brick City, hanging out with Seize, prepping his new album, Seize the World, formerly known as Intellect from Manifest Destiny. Seize, it's great to have you, man. Great to catch up with you. Yo, yo, thanks for having me. You know, y'all motherfuckers can still call me Intellect. You know, it's all good. I'm the same motherfucker, just, uh, just more mature and shit. Hey, on Seize the World, man, you even called, called yourself Intellect at one point. I think, I think it was on Sincerely Yours. Yeah, yeah, well, that shit's all old. Yo, I'm, shit, I'm glad you... Shit, I, that's why I appreciate you, bro, because you fucking study this hip-hop shit, and you fucking check motherfuckers that aren't about this hip-hop shit, hence the name, 730, because you been <laughs> checking motherfuckers from the beginning. Have to, man, have to. So, you know, uh, yeah, no, yeah, since it's you, it's my bad, I went off track and shit, sorry. No, man, I appreciate the props, man. I'm not, I'm not going to stop you from giving me props, man. That's not like me. <laughs> we, we can, we can, you can keep going if you want, man. I mean, I got, I got all the time in the world for that. <laughs> so, can you give me some beats you forgot? <laughs> so, it's dope to hear you, man, like going back to intellect, but really your season. I remember like, because I've known you from way back when you were intellect, but... And I remember when you told me you're changing your name to Seize. What's the big difference, man, between Seize, you know, the present day Caesar versus intellect, you know, with Manifest Destiny back in the day? Well, I mean, you know, intellect was like way more, you know, I would say he was like more revolutionary, more like, you know, idealistic utopian society you could change it you know what I'm saying more like that right eye bushy tail motherfucker that is all young and excited and think they could change the fucking world no matter what but you know sees is like alright you know 10 15 years down the road like okay now the real world is done set in completely you know what I'm saying I know a bunch of legendary rap motherfuckers that I came up on that aren't rich. I know platinum record motherfuckers that are broke, you know what I'm saying? I, we done, we all done seen stars come and go, you know what I'm saying? We done watched Michael Jackson pass away and like not even when he was at his, you know, like not even in a positive way. It's fucking Bill Cosby's fucking up. Like, shit is like so fucked up and crazy and uncertain. So like, when I was intellect, I didn't see none of that shit. I thought I had a lot more control over shit. Seas, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, you know what I'm saying? Like, my whole, you know, like, like you know, some half of my, you know, a lot of people I love, like, nothing's in here no more. Like, major parts of my life are just, like, gone, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people have passed away, and, like, intellect, you know, I was just kind of was thinking he has more impact, you know what I'm saying? In, intellect thought his vote mattered, you know what I'm saying? Seas knows his vote does not matter. You know what I'm saying? It does not matter who the president is. Intellect thought it probably did at one point and thought, you know what I'm saying, if you had the right president, it made a difference. I know now for a fact that no matter who the president is, my life doesn't change. I make my life change. Not a motherfucking president. So I guess that would be a difference, you know. Seizes no real life. You know what I'm saying? Intellect was what, you know, he would have liked shit to be. No doubt. And, you know, looking at who you are today, man, you know, how did that perspective go into seize the world? 
your first album in a long time, man, and, and your first solo project, really, that you're putting out on a major scale. Yeah, because it's like if you don't seize opportunity, even if, you know, like, you have to create your own opportunities, you know what I'm saying? Not what I'm saying, so it's not even like seize the opportunity somebody else has given you. You have to create your opportunity, and then after you create the opportunity, you still got to seize that shit and make it work. You know, and like at my age, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm blessed to even still be able to rap and put music out. You know, I'm blessed to be my own boss. I'm blessed, you know what I'm saying, to be the situation I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wake up, you know, my desk, I got, I'm looking at right now my desk. I got a microphone, I got a mixing board, and I got Excel and Cubase opened up at the same time. And I play with fucking real estate all day. You know, I burn all day and I rap whenever I'm in the mood. Like, I'm living in fucking heaven, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not rich, but, like, life is just, you you, you make it what you want it to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when shit's fucked up, you have to control, you know what I'm saying? Like, even, like, you know, I'm not into music that's out right now, but... Like that J. Cole song where he's like, you know, the only way the revolution is inside of yourself, that's real. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that is, go back to your initial question, intellect with the thoughts the revolution had to do with switching the government and blah, blah, blah. Now I know the revolution really is within you. You know what I'm saying? Once you change yourself to accomplish the goals you want, that's the only way to get to the goals you want is by changing yourself. And I feel like I was going to complete tangent on your question on some high shit. No, it's all good, man. It sounds like you don't have the pressure right now in terms of having to to sell music to pay the bills either. Like, how nice is that flexibility for you? It's great, you know what I'm saying? And, like, that's what's great about fucking K-Def is K-Def don't give a fuck about money. He gives a fuck about good music, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and... That's, like, crazy inspiration to have. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I think the beats on my album were fucking sick. And, like, what do you think about them, the beats? No, I think it, sound, it sounds like straight K-Def, man. Like, that's, I've always loved his production and just his style and, and the, the boom bap, the instrumentation, the complexity. Like, it's not just, like, the four-bar loop. Yeah, like, I can't, I can't, it's, like, if he wasn't, if I wasn't fucking with him, I would have quit because the beats that people would be submitting to me is like this trap shit that's out now. And, you know, no disrespect to the trap shit. Actually, no, I'm lying. I do have to respect the trap shit. I'm about to put out a song called Fuck the Trap Rapper. <laughs> that beat is hot. It's going to be great. Nobody's going to be bad. My clean version is going to be smack, smack a whack rapper. And my dirty version is going to be Fuck a Trap Rapper. And this is going to be funny. This is going to be funny. It's gonna be actual, you know. Saying I got, I got. It's funny, you know. Say like, it's gonna, it's gonna be funny, you know. Say, motherfuckers is like, see, you bugging, but like, I don't give a fuck about this rap money, like you said. So somebody needs to say some shit. So you know, that's me. You know, maybe I'll do it on seven thirty platforms. <laughs> anytime, man. Anytime. So. You got K Def, you know, as as someone who's been in your corner, you you've done a lot of work with him over the years. Somebody too who is a legendary producer who does not get the props he deserves. What's it been like working with K Def over all these years? Well, I got shit. I got better. I mean, 
I was never in the pocket until I started fucking with him. Because before I started fucking with him, I used to rhyme mad energy, mad emotion, mad, you know, kind of almost like a, a character. But when I started fucking with him, he was like, you know, you need to rhyme like your the way you talk. Rhyme like a conversation. And once I started doing that shit, like, I was like, locked in the pocket, you know, and he was like, on my beats, don't be that shit sticking out, bless you. Thanks, man. He was like, on my, on my beats, be another instrument. He's like, if I'm listening to my beat and you're all, like, sound like a clatter and, like, an extra hi-hat that all beat, you're fucking it up. He's like, when I hear you around my beats, it's just, it's just like another instrument. So, you know, when you start, when I, I just... You know, I just I, I took that advice. I listened, and like it kind of just you know changed the way I flow. Like it took words out. Like I always had extra words in there when I didn't need extra words because you can get your point across, still have a slick ass punchline, and not have the extra four adjectives. So that's you know what I'm saying. That's why I learned. He was like, you still have a complex point, and say it simply so a regular motherfucker get it. That's awesome because so, yeah. He, I mean, he's a pro's pro. Like I can, I remember some of the mixes he's done on some of my stuff too. It's like, how did he bring those sounds out? Like he hears stuff. I feel like the average person, um, especially considering myself in that mix, doesn't hear. All day, he'll fucking he'll spend like mad time some shit. Like you hear that? And I'm like, no. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that? And then he'll fucking he'll spend like five minutes like switching A to B or whatever his honor off, honor off. And I'm like, ugh. いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、い
come whack when he's giving you this like crazy ass beat that when you perform on that shit in the club, it's like louder than everybody else's beat. It forces everybody to look. Like that's how it is. When I perform any of his beats, as soon as that shit comes on, it's like boom, the fucking bass is fucking crazy. Everybody just turns from the bar like, what the fuck is that? It's, that shit, you know, like it's hard to fuck his beats up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you on that, man. You know, when you when you work with someone like that, man, like how does he make you a better MC and really push you too to like um to try new things? Well he really don't really tell me to try new things. He just kinda if he has a weird ass beat cause like he made like that like that song Freak It. Did you hear did you do you remember that song? Yeah, yeah. That's a K that beat. Yeah, completely out of what you would normally think, though, would be something he'd make. No samples. He played those keys. He played those shits on cuties. Like, I don't even know how he does it. Like, he plays the keys with a typewriter. So he'll be there, like, typing R, D, F, J, K, L, O, and this fucking, like, <laughs> the chords are going down the piano. You're like, what the fuck? And this, like, sounds like it's a fucking piano, but he's, like, playing, like, letters. It's like, it's the other shit ever. That's crazy. But so, so when you look at Seize the World as a whole, man, did it come out the way you wanted it to? Yeah. Yeah, because I have every single lane that you could possibly do in rap is on that album. Other than rock. But I had their rock already on that Manifest Destiny fucking shit, so I was really excited about that. But I never really did a trap song, and I even got a trap song on that. Even though I'm kind of making fun of them, and I'm like really rhyming for real, the beat is technically a trap beat. You know what I'm saying? I got a dubstep beat on there, which is interesting. You know what I'm saying? I think, I guess that'll be kind of my club song which is not really a club beat, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I touched a lot of different beats that I wouldn't normally rhyme on in this shit. Yeah, man, you know, how important was it to give that variety of songs and styles? Because, you know, the first, the first part of the album, you know, the first probably half of the album, and then towards the end, man, it's just nothing but like straight hip hop, straight dirty, grimy beats and rhymes. And then in the middle, you kind of got a little bit of club, a little something for the smokers, a little something for, the, you know, like the trap, like. Oh, yeah, my Get High song. I love that song. I would love to do a remix. You know what I'm saying? I would love to do a remix of Redman for that shit and just have him destroy that shit. But I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm like two degrees of separation from him, too. But, like, I'm not really in a position even to approach him, I don't think, yet. Even though we both from the bricks and shit like that. But, you know. It's all, you know, you gotta, it shit gotta make sense for motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? It's not really, if something's not beneficial to somebody, you can't really expect them to be, you know, doing shit. That's just how business go, you know? Hey, man, money always talks too, though, man. You've definitely been around enough. That is true. If I probably can't afford it, then if you like that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man, but you did get Pace One, uh, man, on can't better. Can't burn them out, though. It, you know, look, look at Pace One Man on Better Realignment, man. You got Pace sounding like the Outsiders days on that. Yeah, I was real happy with that, you know what I'm saying? Because I came up listening to Pace 
And, you know what I'm saying, I consider Pace a legend, you know what I'm saying, and he's raw and he was mad, easy to work with. And I had chill with him prior on, like, a video shoot, like, a couple of years back and shit. So he's mad cool, you know what I'm saying, he's mad responsive. You know, I hit him up, you know, he hit me back right away, like, what's good, yeah, let's do this. So, you know what I'm saying, it was real great working with him. And I'm glad, you know what I'm saying, June got to get in that track, too, because June was, like, a Pace One fan. June had a, the CD with him and Mr. Green, and June used to knock that shit. So, you know, like, June came through and killed it, and that video shoot was mad fun. I got to make fun of all these young motherfuckers. It was fucking great. I just, I'm having a great time right now just cracking jokes on everybody. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. You know, when, when you work with other MCs like Pace and June, what does that do for you, man? Because it really does take you kind of out of that zone, you know, from the crew that you came up with, the, the Triple Deuces, Manifest Destiny, you know, working with cats outside of that direct realm, like someone like Pace. You know, what's that like for you? That shit was like, I mean, for me, you know what I'm saying, coming up, you know what I'm saying, because when I was coming up, you know what I'm saying, like, the outsiders, that was Brick City, and they main, you know, they repped the bricks the hardest when we was coming up, you know what I'm saying, because we was, like, younger than them. So they were, like, the first level of Brick City underground that was, like, known and shit. So, you know, to be able to do some shit with Pace, for me, that shit was like, yo, this shit is, like, boom, like a bucket list. I got a bucket list of MCs that I want to rock with, you know what I'm saying? So motherfuckers have bucket lists. They want to go to Greece or they want to go to fucking China or whatever. My bucket list is I got MCs that I want to do songs with, you know, and, and that shit will be forever. And that shit, that shit make me happy, you know what I'm saying? And not for nothing to do a song with the MCs could easily cost as much as a fucking Greece vacation nowadays. <laughs> right. So... Like, you know, that was like, boom, song with Pace. I always want to do a song with Pace, you know what I'm saying? I got a certain bunch of Brick City MCs I want to do a song with. <clears throat> I got a couple of Puerto Rican MCs that I want to do, like, uh, uh, Boricua Anthem 2017 version, some shit with, like, an Atoni Touch beat. Like, I know, so I want to do some shit with KRS-One. I want to put KRS-One, you know what I'm saying, or not even put KRS-One, ask KRS-One if he would be on that Hip Hop 101 track. Fucking, like... There's a lot of shit I want to do musically still. And, like, I still feel like I'm in my prime, you know? Like, I feel, like, I feel younger than ever, you know? And I feel like oh, the way I'm living, a lot of people wish they were in my position. So there's not no reason for me to still not keep putting music out. No, for sure, man. And, you know, for all the fun and the, the just the straight grime on the album, you also got pretty serious on Sincerely Yours where you talk about your father and really seems kind of therapeutic for you at the same time. What was it like putting that together? Well, that shit is freaking actually old as hell. And, like, I found that shit and I was like, oh, shit. And it was, like, kind of, you know, it wasn't really, it was, like, it wasn't mixed very well. It was some old school, it was some old shit. And I was like, okay, Dev, you know what I'm saying? Clean that shit up. Made that shit sound like Chris. And that shit, you know, it depends on mood I'm in. If I'm real, you know what I'm saying? I could, like, whenever I hear it, like, a lot of times now at this point, I'll probably skip it because that shit probably makes me more sadder than I want to be. 
most times, you know what I'm saying? Because I, really Cause I, I used to be way darker, you know what I'm saying? I'm not as dark and angry and shit as I used to be. Like, when you first met me and shit, when you came to Parker and fucking got gats everywhere and shit was just crazy, it was like, like, I was so angry and mad and we were just, like, fucking wilding and, like, when I hear that song, that shit kind of brings me back to that mentality and shit. So, being that I'm trying to be more of a positive motherfucker, especially since I got a 10-year-old 10, 10 son, I'm like, you know, I don't know, that song, that song, that shit just reminds me of, like, all the fucked up shit, really. And so I probably try, at this point, I probably skip that shit more than anything because I don't really want to feel that way. No doubt. Well, I love, I love the way your ending sees the world, man, with that six-man mosh pit where you got June and, and you got Knight, you got Ralph Dog. You really brought the crew back, man. Like, what was it like putting that together? Because that, that also reminded me, and it's on YouTube for anybody that wants to check it out, but 52 Pickup, the Manifest Destiny cut that was crazy off the Hunger Pains album way, way back. Um, big fan, though, six-man mosh pit. Yeah, that shit. I mean, shit, I've been having that shit. Like, a lot of this album, I've been having for a minute. But, you know, going through life and just shipping and just bullshit and going through a lot of shit, I, I never did really to put it together and shit. And that mosh pit, like, I feel like Ralph was probably the last one to throw on there and shit. Because that shit came in bits and pieces. Cause, you know, nothing's on there and shit, you know. You know, Western Paradise and him, you know, like, that shit, that song too, that song is fucking, I like that song a lot because that song is probably the last time you're going to hear like a mantra with that many people that like I'm directly linked with because the only people left rhyming are me, June and Night. <laughs> so all you can do is hear a song, me, June and Night. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man, to hear Nut and think that he's no longer with us great MC, great person, man, you know, how are you processing that? And how do you feel about just nuts memory today and, and everything he stood for and represented in the songs you got with him? And you're just hearing those songs where you guys are together and knowing that there's probably not that many left in the stash like that. You know, how has that all been for you, man? Oh, that shit was rough. Dude, that's why it took so long to even put something out, you know, cause he passed, you know, December 2nd, 2015 and so I wasn't able to put that album out so just recently actually I forgot I know you a copy of shit um, oh I love that yeah no no I'm just listening to you I just, I just forgot straight up fucking um in fact let me write that shit on a big yellow poster right now I appreciate it texting me but um that shit was hard you know what I'm saying like shit I cried like a bitch when that passed and like that shit like that shit destroyed me you know that's that's my brother you know like that shit like I still you know I think about him every day still like I don't know it's it's just I don't think I fully uh, digested it yet and it's been a while it's probably been you know a year and some change it was a year, his year anniversary was December 2nd 2016. And I know what's crazy is that he passed away on 12 22. That's like 1 2 2 2. 
that's nuts to me. Twelve, I'm going back. Twelve to twenty sixteen. Twelve to twenty sixteen. So the twelve, the two and the twelve, the two that is the second, and then the two and twenty sixteen. When you look at the date, is two two two. Yeah, it it, it it came as such a shock too, man. I remember seeing it on Facebook first, but like, you know, as someone who was, you know, ca- casually acquainted with Nut, man, like I always liked the dude, but we were never like that close. But you know, there were obviously no problems either, man. It just shocked me, man. It's like I I didn't know what to think, you know, or just really taken by surprise. Yeah, I think it shocked everybody, like a million percent. Like, I don't think nobody saw that shit coming at all. At all, at all, at all. So, like, I don't even know how my uncle does it, you know what I'm saying? Because that's like three of his sons passed away. That's like, who could survive that? I don't even know if I could survive. Like, God forbid something happened to my son. I fired kill myself. And this, like, he lost three, three sons. Like, I don't even know how to 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 rationalize that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why I can never like believe in God and not crazy like that. Like that's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know for every reason you can tell me why God exists, I give you a reason why he doesn't. So Yeah, that shit was definitely intense. That shit, you know, changed me forever. You know, like, I, that, that's why I tell everybody, all my friends, all my people, you know, everybody, you know, even you, I love you, man, because, you know, you never know, I may never fucking talk to you again. You fucking die on some bullshit. So, you yeah. know, that's just... Yeah, I mean, give people their flowers while they can still smell them. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You can't waste your fucking time. You can waste your money. I make money all day. I make money, I spend money, but don't waste my time. You never get that shit back. No doubt. So how yeah. do you remember Nut as an artist today and as an MC? Like, what stands out to you about who he was as Nut Nils? Well, I mean, you listen to his album. Like, he just, you know, he had, like, immense personality. Like, he was, like, no matter what he did, he mastered it quicker than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you can see that in, in, in the album I put together. Like, I found all these songs, and like, you know, a lot of these songs you recorded when I got my motorcycle accident and I was all fucked up. Like, him and Funka, they would come, they would like, you know, check in on me, take care of me, make sure I was all right. And then they would come in the studio, you fucking record, you know, come upstairs, hang out with me when I woke up and I fucking passed back out from painkillers. They come back downstairs, record some shit. So, a lot of shit on this album that is from that time. And, like, you just see he was fucking just in a great mood. He was just fucking comfortable. He was in the pocket. I'm like, all oh, this shit's just having fun. And not a lot of people knew him as that. Like, a lot of people were scared of him in the street because he was quick to knock a motherfucker out. You know what I'm saying? So not a lot of people saw that, like, witty, funny cracking jokes and shit. Like, kind of like Big Pun, you know what I'm saying? You know how like, Big Pun was mad hard, but, you know, people that knew him, supposedly he had, was cracking jokes. He was just having fun. You could tell in his album and shit that he was having fun. And that's how nothing album is. You could tell he's having fun and shit. And as hard and as crazy as he was and shit, he was like a funny, happy motherfucker. And, like, a lot of people don't know that. So, 
I feel like the album shows that about him. So you mentioned the motorcycle accident, man. I remember, you know, visiting you in the hospital back when that happened. That had to be like oh four, I'm guessing. And yeah. you remember yeah, man, yeah. we were all praying around you, man, like um and I'm not a really like practicing religious kind of guy. And so your your family and everybody like they like hold hands, so we're standing in this circle praying over you, man. You, your your stomach's all busted up, man. Like it was it was a pretty gruesome scene, you know, seeing you there. And also scary, man, knowing how close we were to losing you. But then all of a sudden, man, in the middle of the prayer, like I'm facing the door and everybody's head is down, man. But like I'm looking up, like seeing like, okay, I got to close my eyes. Okay, everybody's looking down. I'll look down. But then remember, man, the Bart Simpson dude, um, the guy that was hired to dress up like Bart Simpson walks into the room Oh yeah, yeah. And, as too. we're in the middle of the too. prayer, man. And like I feel like I probably offended half your family. Man. I just busted out laughing because – you know, here we are in this really solemn moment, and, and this dude looked nothing like Bart Simpson. He was walking like he was drunk, man. Like that was, that was one of my all-time favorite moments, man. <laughs> you know, my family. You can't really offend my family. You know, we don't give a fuck. And that shit. I do remember Bart Simpson coming in, or I, I have a picture with him. Maybe I don't remember him. Maybe I just remember the picture. But yeah, that shit was definitely a crazy ass time. See, that's what I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, if, if God is real, he shouldn't have saved me. There's way more, you know what I'm saying, other people that he needs to be working on and shit. So, that shit is all crazy. Because, you know what I'm saying, when you're, like, in a coma, when you're laid out, you don't see no fucking white light. You don't see none of that shit. It's just all black. So, if I would have died, and I wouldn't have known, I would have been dead. You know? It's crazy. That's why I guess it's kind of it's kind of good to fall. You know, saying like I guess that you know you pass in your sleep. You know, ideal. That or busting a nut. That must be cool. You know, saying like you bust a nut, have a heart attack, a heart attack simultaneously. (laughs) That must be intense. That's some (laughs) that's some dark stuff right there, man. My goodness. Uh, That's not dark. That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> that's like a that's like a fucking a comedy <laughs> and so you know also if you go back to Six Man Mosh Pit you got Ralph Dog on there and he's really the guy that actually put me on to you back in 2003 and he really, really? you know yeah because I remember I interviewed Ralph Dog because I found out through him through Technique and then I found out through Manifest Destiny through Ralph Dog so it was kind of like a like a weird way of of how we, uh, you know, linked up, but you know, Ralph Dog puts you onto that track with Technique, man, way back in the day. Um, what do you yeah. think? What do you think about that now? Looking back, you know, at what Ralph Dog's done and the kind of dude he is. Oh, I love Ralph. Ralph's my man. This shit. Whenever he comes out to the states, he stays with me. He already knows. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that motherfucker. That motherfucker went to London. He brought us out there, crashed his crib. That's why I know. He brought us to London and he let us crash in his crib. So whenever he comes out here, he come crash in my crib, and that motherfucker's great. He he just don't give a fuck. He's that motherfucker that you could like be beating his ass. You could have won the fight. He's like about to die, and you got him by the neck. And you could be and he's completely beat, and you could be like, "Say you lost." He's gonna be like, "Fuck you!" And you're like, "You're gonna have to kill him because he's just not gonna concede to you." And you gotta love a motherfucker like that. <laughs> no doubt. You gotta love a motherfucker. 
no matter what, it's like, he's like, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? But then he sees he got love for you and you're his people. He's fucking, he's the motherfucker you want on your side. You know, you want the motherfucker like that on your side. So, I fucks with Ralph, man. He's loyal. He fucking, he don't give a fuck. And he's about that hip hop. And it's also rare to see, man, you know, partnerships and, and friendships that last this long in the music industry, too. So it's got to mean something, too, that, you know, what is it, like 14 years later, you guys are still working together and still cool? Well, because this shit's not based around money, you know? When shit is based around money, that's what should be fucking up. When shit is based around music and, like, common goals and just common interests and just common personalities. You know what I'm saying? When, when shit is based around money, your personalities might be completely different. Your whole, everything would be completely different. You might not even like each other. Kind of like, you know, Kobe and Shaq on the same team getting a championship, but just still work together because of money. You know, that's not, you know, that's a different, that's the relationship that the last 14 years. That's the relationship that lasts for as long as you're on the team or for as long as you're on the label, for as long as you're in the group. But, you know, fucking with everybody I fuck with, it's never been about the money. You know, because we all know to do the music we do, there's not really a ton of money in it. You know, it's more like a cult fan base, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have like a nice 10, 30, 10, 20, $30 fans that, you know, it's maybe enough to pay a cable bill, but it's not enough to sustain, like, you know, a lavish lifestyle, you know? And, like, you know, I was never intended, I never intended for my music to make me rich, you know what I'm saying? Because I never wanted to sell myself out for money. I just want to be able to get, I want to be able to pay the little you know what I'm saying? Pay a car payment off of music. I'm happy with that shit because, you know, I do other things, you know. I, I do other things and I do real estate, you know. I do this rap shit, you know. I play with stocks, you know. I, I, I diversify my portfolio. So as long as I can pay a couple of bills off this rap shit, I'm fucking happy. And when you can live like that and you can pretty much do what you want to do, your friendships aren't, they're all going to last, you know what I'm saying? Because Ralph's the same way. Ralph makes money mad in different ways, you know? He's he's about to probably drop, you know, he's just talking shit recently. He's like, maybe I'm going to just drop some new shit. And he can do that because, you know, he put himself in that position the way I'm in that position, you know? And, like, we're blessed to be in that position to be able to just drop some music and put some shit out whenever the fuck we want because a lot of people got to retire because of real life. No doubt. And, you know, you came in the game with Manifest Destiny, your partner, Emid, your cousin, and Hunger Pains was a great debut album. You know, you guys went on to do some mixtapes, but that was really the only official album that you guys dropped. How do you feel hearing Hunger Pains today? Oh, I still hear it all the time. Like, I told you, we get, like, you know, like, that shit comes up on my iTunes, you know, like, um... Like, it's on Spotify and shit, so I listen to Spotify, you know, just because, you know, it's convenient, and, like, it pops up in my station and shit like that, and I love it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, that was the best time, you know, that was, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that's the best time of my life, because I've had a lot of good times, but that was a great period. I have no regrets, you know what I'm saying? But everybody moves on. You know, so it was what it was. It was great while it lasted, you know what I'm saying? He, he's my blood. He's my family. So no matter what, I see him every Christmas. I see him every Thanksgiving. 
I see him every New Year's. I see him, you know, so me and him, we talk all the time regardless of the manifest destiny shit, you know? Definitely. Um, you know, what impact do you feel you guys had on New Jersey hip-hop with Manifest Destiny and with everything you guys did back in the day with, with MD and the Triple Deuce family? I don't know. That's a fucking fantastic question. I have no fucking idea. Like, I, I don't know. I know a lot more people heard of us than I realize all the time. You know, I I know we were probably maybe better known than I realized. Because now it's just all because, you know what I'm saying, we didn't make mad money. You know what I'm saying? Street credibility doesn't necessarily make you mad money. You know, or being, you know, big rap. Like, I mean, do these rap. Like, I, I made, I just got a check from, for, for, um, like, uh, like my Pandora spins, Spotify spins, right? I got 5,000 spins, right? And for those 5,000 spins, I got $48. Wow. That's crazy. Like, even though for 5 million spins, I couldn't pay none of my bills. You know, for me to survive every month is like $7,500 a month. Music, you know what I'm saying? Maybe if you live in Atlanta or in Georgia or somewhere, you can afford that. But in Jersey, fucking... You can't afford to live off of music, and Jersey's expensive. You know that's why it's funny. You hear all these rappers talk about they balling and shit like that, and then they be like, they live in like Mississippi and shit. Like, well, fuck it, you can't afford the taxes in my county. Like, are you crazy? Like, it's it's there's no money in music. I like music for me is is just like uh, I just I just like I said, I just want to pay a, a PSC and G bill or whatever off it and and make my contribution to hip hop and not have to sell out. You know, and maybe a song will go pop, but I really don't want a song to go pop because then that kind of like, how the fuck that happens? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I don't even know how to think of if the song goes pop, then I'm all by, you know, like, that's like, oh, that means I just thought I didn't want to do, baby. <laughs> man, so, you know, when, when you look at, Everything that you've got coming up, man, with Seize the World, KDAF, I know, I know you're not about to stop, man. You know, dropping Seize the World is obviously the next move, man. You know, how do you want to keep the name out there and keep the music going after Seize the World drops and just keeping that name Seize out there? Well, I got another album that's done already, and that shit's called Seize XE. And XE is for extra everything because I'm extra and I over and I over, uh, I overreact a lot. I'm working on that shit though. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and, so and that's my fucking that's gonna that's my next album. And I want to do some shit because you know I'm I'm doing real estate and I'm flipping these houses and shit. So you know my girl always has me watching my fiance. Sorry, not my girl, my fiance. She always has me watching these whack ass reality shows that are just horrible, like. They're just all horrible. But they get so many views, so I want to do some shit called Flipping the Hood where it just has me. Because, you know, when you're renovating properties in the hood, you have a whole different set of experiences than when you're watching this shit, these motherfuckers renovating, like, 900,000 properties and selling for $1.5 They're not, their shows aren't really that interesting. When you, when you come watch my show, there's fucking dope feeds. We're like, we have to block our driveway so they're not dumping garbage in our shit. It's a whole other world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got like cover people that are like flagging on the block and shit. 
it's great. The fucking chef renovating right now, the cross from some boarded up projects. It's great television. Something in the hood coming soon.